0: and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm very excited to be having a conversation with Jay Singh. Jay, thank you so much for taking time to come and talk to us all today.
1: I'm thrilled to be here, Joss. Thanks for having me.
0: So I will just introduce Jay, for those of you who aren't familiar with him. He is a men's coach who works with fathers on their relationship with themselves, their partners, their children, and their sense of purpose in life. His work is inspired by his own humbling and growth-inspiring experience with marriage and fatherhood, and from seeing how deeply but silently most men struggle through the journey of fatherhood. He began offering coaching in 2016 and started running men's groups specifically for fathers in 2019. He is based in Richmond, Virginia in the US, and he runs online and in-person men's programs. And I'm so grateful to you, Jay, for coming onto the show because so often I have been touched by how men really do want to learn more about this journey of fatherhood And I love how you describe it as seeing how deeply but silently most men struggle through this journey. And so I'm really, really excited to share more about your work so that men feel more understood, more seen, more heard, and more supported. So thank you for making time.
1: Mm, Thanks. Thanks again for having me here. Yeah, certainly. Certainly something I'm very passionate about talking about, so
0: great great so i wonder if you might start jay by just sharing a little bit about your story and how you got into this work and and your own process of what you're willing to share about your fatherhood journey
1: sure yeah fatherhood has been the most intense and humbling and i mean beautiful and transformative journey i've been on to me fatherhood is this tremendous rite of passage for men And our culture doesn't really talk about it in that light. We don't really prepare men, you know, moving into it usually for just what a powerful, just this vehicle for transformation it is. And also just how intense, how much it probably should bring us to our knees. And uh, for me personally, it just, uh, it's been a bumpy, it's been a beautiful journey, but it's been, yeah, as I've said, very humbling. You know, I was I've been prepared by some friends for just what a you know big shift it was going to be in terms of going from having a relatively self-centered life to having to be pretty responsible for helping raise a, an infant. But I, I think I just—it's one thing to just hear about it; and it's another thing to live the experience of going through like the early days of fatherhood when you are massively sleep deprived and your relationship with you know for me, my relationship with my wife has completely changed. You know, and just in terms of. I was no longer the the you know kind of most important person in her life on that day to day. And it was, you know, our daughter. And having to, you know, in many ways just kind of grieve the loss of what our marriage and relationship looked like up until that point. And you know, I have a personal tendency to to be pretty self-sacrificing and um, for my own kind of wounds and traumas that I I carried into fatherhood. And so A lot of times, you know, early on in fatherhood, I do think just kind of universally, it's pretty important for men to be willing to take a step back from just being concerned about their own welfare needs and to be willing to prioritize the needs of the, you know, the baby and and mother first, that they really need kind of an all hands on deck and a willingness to kind of put ourselves last. But I think a lot of fathers and myself included here can get stuck in that pattern longer than is healthy or supportive for you know the newborn or the infant and and for mom and so you know there were just things that i was doing very willingly but unconsciously i didn't realize that i was i was building up resentments and i was feeling frustrated i wasn't getting my needs met and wasn't getting enough sleep or you know time just for myself to just kind of breathe or just process all of the changes in my life and so i you know got to this place where my my father had overall was a you know very loving and engaged dad but he also had his own unprocessed anger and so as part of my childhood i experienced you know a lot of a lot of my memories that i can remember from early childhood are things when he lost his cool and he really would explode and you know i'd always told myself like i'm not going to i'm not going to you know repeat my father's patterns of anger and you know sure enough 6 months you know down the road and and beyond i just goes shocked to see like, whoa here here I am like I am I'm so angry right now I can't I can barely kind of keep it together and realizing that like oh like even though I've set these intentions to show up as a different dad than my father had in some of the areas that I felt like uh, there were areas for improvement here I was just realizing like wow, even though I've done a lot of work on myself, I'm still living out the same patterns, the same wounds that I've inherited from my my parents parenting. And so there are just a lot of ways where fatherhood served as this mirror for me to see how much more work there was that I needed to do on myself in order to no longer be living from these places of pattern, these emotional ingrained patterns that I had from my own childhood, my, you know, my relationship to my father's anger, my mom's at times emotional vacancy as I especially I got a little older, and my own kind of limiting or negative beliefs that I carried about myself related to the ways that they showed up or didn't show up as parents. And so fatherhood just it, it kind of broke me open and it showed me and it, it humbled me and it showed me ways that I just was trying to live my life that weren't working any longer. and and at the same time, it 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 did that. so it kind of broke me down. And on the other hand, it also, it really helped me go from living as a boy in many ways in a man's body to actually becoming a man having to, I think in my early twenties I had because probably because of my father's anger in certain ways that I didn't really, you know, align with, I think how he carried his masculine kind of authority. Uh, He was a bit authoritarian. He was pretty authoritarian as a dad in terms of just kind of, it was his way or like, like, or, or the highway. He was pretty controlling of what I did and the ways that he also, I, I felt like, just didn't treat my mother with the same kind of, it wasn't kind of a an equal sense of relationship in terms of how they treated one another or how he treated her specifically. And I think that came partly from his, he, he's Indian by background, and so there's a lot of patriarchy and kind of Indian culture in some ways still. That I think is that we've moved on a little bit more in American culture in general. But those kinds of things had actually pushed me away from embracing my own masculinity. And so I, you know, I was fairly conflict avoidant in my early 20s. And I didn't, you know, I'd rather not have an argument or disagreement or a fight about something. And having my own family now, I had to step into this new leadership role and have confrontation. I had to advocate for my family at times when it was uncomfortable. And all of these different things that were happening in my life were forcing me to get to this place where I was having to take these bigger, bolder, more courageous actions to show up as the man to be accountable, to be a man who had more integrity in his word. And fatherhood was the the catalyst of all these different things. So... I went through this whole process, and I, about a year into fatherhood, I, I started to realize, like, wow, like, this is work that I feel really drawn to actually doing or working with other men around. I And I was surprised by that. I had, it kind of caught me off guard that that was something that was welling up in my heart, or something I actually wanted, I felt drawn to doing. And for a number of years, I didn't do anything with it. I was too terrified to try and, you know running a men's circle or offering some kind of men's programming. I just felt like I'm not experienced enough or I've only been a father for this very short amount of time. But this this, this calling did not go away, only got more intense. And so after a number of years of making excuses about why I wasn't ready, I finally I started participating in a local men's group for fathers specifically. And then I ended up creating my own and um, doing other things like that. And so, yeah, it's just something that at, at this point, I have such a, just a powerful calling in my heart to help support men in this. I think very powerful, challenging journey that we often are are undertaking with a sense of loneliness. There's I think a lot of a lot of us as as dads don't really get to connect with other community or other men in particular in a really heartfelt, vulnerable way about what's really going on for them under the surface. And that's how I felt until I started to sit in, you know men's circles with other fathers and starting to really get. Honest about what was going on for me, and starting to to have this really beautiful opportunity to actually work through some things and just not feel alone any longer in all my challenges. So, anyways, I've been rambling for a little while, but hopefully that answers your question.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay. That was a beautiful answer, and I really appreciate your willingness to share so vulnerably and openly about the process. And I really resonate with that description of the process being such an intense and humbling and transformative and powerful thing, becoming a parent and the impact that it has on us both personally and on our relationships too in parenthood. And I loved what you were saying as well about it being an opportunity for you to become a man. And I loved how you described that as being a boy in a man's body to then stepping out into into manhood and, and starting to advocate for your family and starting to become yourself in all of the discomfort that that sometimes required for you to be in. And that that then led you to this amazing calling, supporting others through through what is such a challenging process. And again, having to go through the discomfort yourself in that process too, of being well, willing to step into that role. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I thought it was really beautiful. I'd love to ask you, to start off with, then why is it so hard to be a father in in our in modern culture? What are some of the challenges and stresses of fatherhood? Uh, I think it's really helpful for fathers to feel heard and seen and and acknowledged in in the struggle that they're facing. And I think it's also really helpful for mothers to hear and understand some of the challenges that are unique to fathers so that we can then be more compassionate with our partners too. So what would you like to share about that?
1: Sure, that's a great question. So I'll start by saying nothing that I'm sharing here do I by any means diminish how intense and trying motherhood as a journey is. It's pretty incredible. And just witnessing my wife go through it has been, it's been inspiring and just I, I feel in any ways like lucky <laughs> to be the to be in the dad's role. I think there's the surface level pressures that we experience as fathers. And it just it, you know, some of these depend a lot on the nature of the relationship you have with your partner or spouse and you know whether or not playing more kind of traditional masculine and feminine roles perhaps or there's more of a like you know equal 50 50 we're going to both play somewhat similar roles but i think early on i think for a lot of parents if you have been playing have had a more kind of peer let's say styled relationship you know There's just these like very inherent differences. Like a mom is going to be breastfeeding a baby, perhaps, or, you know, like uh, just going to be the the main source of affection and love and care for a child, even with a really engaged dad. But over time, I think that kind of becomes clear there's going to be some very different roles to be played. And, you know, for a lot of dads, it's there's this pressure to like be a really engaged father and to be a loving, attentive father, maybe in a lot of ways too that his father parents didn't necessarily show up for him but especially his dad and so there's kind of like trying to chart this new territory of how do i show up as an engaged loving father but i don't have this embodied memory in my system so i'm having to learn a very new skill that i don't i can't draw on easily just for me from my my past experience and then there's the the pressures of you know like often at least in the early days being heavily sleep deprived there's the changes in the relationship with your partner and spouse and going from maybe having a lot of you know affection and you know, just being still in a maybe in a honeymoon phase from, you know, the early days of marriage marriage to now having to deal with a lot more conflict. I mean that that itself becomes a big pressure, I think, just dealing with the conflict. Then there's all the other responsibilities of maybe being the primary or like the only breadwinner depending on whether mom is still working or not you know, as a mother, and there might be, you know, kind of just keeping up with the house or the finances or whoever the responsibilities might be broken down. But, I, you know, continuing to perform at work, even if you're, you know, just totally exhausted, or maybe needing to make, you know, more money now that your family's, you know, cost of living is rising with another human in the house. And so I think a lot of dads have all these surface level pressures. And, and I say them surface level in the sense that they are, there these kind of in some ways external in terms of how we're relating to the, the outside world and for me a lot of those things kind of came together as this big pressure cooker and it, it ramped up the pressure in my in my own lived experience the point that then all these internal things started to you know started to kind of crack open in some ways and so like my ways of as i mentioned kind of being self-sacrificing as a response to you know, essentially kind of I would say traumas with a lowercase T in terms of just how my parents showed up in their human and you know wounded ways themselves and you know how there were certain things that I was just like, okay, well in order to keep my dad happy, I'll just I'll just keep trying to do 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 and avoid you know him you know getting angry or blowing up. and so these little tendencies that I had left over that I had not revisited in some areas since I was I had never really revisited since childhood, at least as deeply. Got exposed, and so the ones that weren't really effective ways of navigating life then started to like really be exposed and show their you know ugly head. And so I might have conflict with my wife about something where you know prior to having a kid that there there wouldn't have been any circumstance to drive that back up to the surface, but now I've got I've got a child, and this is going to you know bring this all up again and. She might be saying, "I just, I just need you to take care of yourself." But I'm just like, I like what I take care of myself? Like how? I have no more free time left right now. Like, where am I going to, you know, try meeting my own, you know, needs for like quiet or downtime or getting some more sleep uh, in these different chapters? And so, I, I think a lot of dads have this dual issue of all these external or kind of surface level pressures that are driving all this internal pressure. And a lot of fathers just don't have any genuine outlet to connect with other men and talk about it. And I think a lot of times the only person that we're often in more serious conversation with about the parenting journey is our partner. And a mother's experience is just so different than a father's experience in most cases. And it's important for, I think, partners to be sharing about what's going on, but there's something that's so nourishing for men to just be able to be heard by other fathers who really get what they are experiencing and to not feel alone in all of those challenges, all of those dark nights of the soul, you know, all of these times where you might have moments where you're just like, why did, like, why did I start a family even, you know, just like not, not in a holistic, maybe like long-term sense, but just feeling so frustrated by the the demands of parenting, you know, in the early days were just the emotional complexities of our children as time goes on. And I think when we don't have anyone else to talk about, then we can't process, we can't move through these things. And, and I think just having men that are neutral to what our experience is, is really helpful. Cause a lot of times, you know, if we say something that we're having a hard time with our partner, she might end up feeling defensive. My wife, you know, might, it might be triggering to her if I share, like, oh, I'm not getting my needs met. And she's like, well, have you seen what I'm going through? You know, and it's just both sides are valid, but it just, it, it can be a minefield. So I think a lot of dads, you know, kind of go through this alone. And because of that, they get stuck in these places of feeling like there's no way to drive improvements. Or there's no way to meet their needs, or they're having to sacrifice parts of their lives that were important to them. And they're they're now they're just kind of living for their families and they're no longer connected to some other form of purpose or nourishment for themselves or enjoyment in life outside of being a man who's working and then a man who's showing up as a father and a husband.
0: Wow. Yeah. I really love that description and I think it's really helpful to to see that picture to see the incredible challenge of navigating all of the external stresses that fathers are facing and to really speak those so clearly so that we can really understand that and to then also appreciate which is something that we come we understand so well in aware parenting the impact of how our trauma and our unintegrated stuff gets touched again and again by our children and what an amazing opportunity it gives us for healing, but how incredibly painful and difficult that process often is. And I loved how you're describing there the power Of being heard, because that is again such an central element of aware parenting and and how immensely powerful it is to be in spaces where people will just allow us to express how we're feeling and to hear us in order for us to then go through processing and releasing and healing our stress and trauma and Nothing in our circumstances actually changes practically, and yet the power of being heard completely transforms the experience that we're going through. So I really loved how you were sharing that. I'd love to ask you a bit about how to introduce fathers to parenting in a different way, because this is something that often comes up in sessions with mothers and often comes up when I do sessions with couples too. And often fathers are reluctant to, or don't have time, and this is a generalization of course, but it is often the case that they are reluctant to listen to the podcast, to do the courses, to read the books. And often it's mothers who have this primary drive to be doing things differently, to be raising our children with more consciousness and more connection. So I would love to ask you a little bit about how how you came to be doing this differently and to be willing to do this in a different way and how we can be supporting more fathers to be willing to cultivate a different approach with their children without making them wrong but to to bring them on board with us on this journey
1: that's a great question and a really tricky question you know and I'll share it personally in my relationship with my wife she's she's still the one that is listening to the vast majority of the parenting podcast. She's the one who's most proactively seeking out external support for us when we are realizing we need more help or, you know, in the particularly early days of just, you know, how do we go about navigating, like how to discipline our kids or how to set boundaries? There's there's like a lot of work out in the space around parenting. And it, it, I think for a lot of men it, it becomes overwhelming. It's just kind of like, where do I even start? And I think one of the biggest challenges that many men face is just feeling there's like not enough time to go out and dedicate a bunch of this time and energy to learning new things and that the demands of you know frankly of of especially if the dad becomes the sole breadwinner or the primary breadwinner after becoming a father like the need to provide more income can often be this huge pressure that a man is carrying or maybe to increase his income or to increase the results that he's driving at work with maybe less time because now he you know it's the trade-off of let's say working longer hours has become very significant as a father compared to you know prior to having children and so i i think a lot of times the the ways that men end up coming to how how they can I would say improve how they show up as fathers. Sometimes it comes kind of through the back door of a man. I mean, for me, like ending up in a men's circle, because not because I was looking for better ways to be a father or to parent better, but it was kind of like I needed other men who could see all the challenges I was facing and that I wasn't able to navigate on my own. I just needed a place to be heard. And I think in some ways it can be really useful to for a man to start his journey of how he can kind of show up differently as a father from a place of, well, how can he get, how can he find a place where he can be honest and authentic about what's really going on for him? And from there, hear other dads sharing some of the same parenting challenges and then realize like, Oh wow. Like maybe if I engage with my, my kid in this way, if I can engage differently, that'll actually make things less stressful, right? I'll, I'll have less conflict with my kids and I'll be able to be this dad that, I want to be and I think a lot of times to me, to me it's been intimidating at times to see my wife's much greater level of emotional capacity to just deal with let's say my daughter's really big feelings. I get triggered a lot faster most of the time not always than my wife does and so I'll often kind of carry the sense of like well I'm just I don't have the same capacity and so it almost is kind of like you're better at like dealing with some of the challenging behaviors I'll let you like take the lead on it as opposed to you know, seeking to do more. And so I think there's all there's oftentimes there's this sense of kind of like negative feedback and and like the man's lived experience of like I'm not as good at connecting with the kid as my wife is. And so like there's almost I guess there might be a desire to do it better, but it's kind of often like a subject in school. We may be drawn to the ones that we excel at, and we push away from the ones that we don't feel like we're as inherently or naturally skilled at. And I think when Men are just living in their nuclear family in a home with their partner and their one or more kids. There isn't as much of a opportunity to see like how are other dads parenting, getting to kind of learn some of those skills. So, so I'm just I'm sharing that in the honest sense that like I mean my wife will often be like hey have you, you should listen to this podcast and then I just I never end up <laughs> I never end up prioritizing it. I'll just be honest around some of those things around parenting. It's not that I don't find it fascinating or really interesting when I do end up listening to them, but that drive to listen. I often feel like there's so many other pressures that I'm trying or needs I'm trying to meet, or I feel like I'm falling shorter at than I'm short, falling short as a father that I'm going to, I'm going to end up dedicating my free energy or bandwidth to doing some of those different things. So I think that's part of it. I think I most parenting resources out there are provided by moms, you know, or mothers. I mean, just the, the, I think the way things are at this point, you know, culturally for us. And so I think a lot of times too, just by the inherent nature, the mothers aren't necessarily going to relate to or be able to speak the language that a father, that it would help him kind of just get hooked to then want to engage with it more. So I don't think, I don't know if that's, I'm answering your question well, but I guess I'm just pointing out some of the reasons why I think fathers don't necessarily like naturally gravitate towards, let's say, parenting resources the same way that mothers might. But I think... Being around other fathers that are actively working on how they show up as fathers, how they show up as partners, you know, how they show up in the world. That's a great place where we're looking at the whole system as opposed to just looking at how I show up as a father in isolation of everything else. And a lot of times, especially the men I work with, they, they struggle to show up more loving or more patient with their kids because they're not meeting their own needs. And they've so neglected their own needs, and they're so disconnected from their own needs that the, the one of the best things they can do for their parenting or to show up as a father is just to actually do more for themselves first. To resource themselves, to take a little time, to, to decompress, or go get some exercise, or you know, just like get some fresh air, or learn some tools just to help regulate their nervous system and be able to bring things down a notch. I think a lot of times fathers it might sound ridiculous to mothers but a lot of times fathers feel like their needs need to come last and I think a lot of women feel the same way so it's not to try and, and re- refute or argue about that but I think there's a lot of men inherently carry this feeling of like I've got to do everything I can at work and then I've got to come home and I've got to like immediately turn it around and try and be attentive to a you know, loving engaged father try and you know attend to maybe my 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 wife's requests or needs or whatever they might be and their needs just kind of come last and when we get stuck in that pattern and we don't have the difficult conversations to carve out time for ourselves then like it's hard to bring authentic and loving energy to our our kids when you know the the bucket is empty
0: yeah i love that answer jay thank you for sharing that i think it's really such a powerful reminder of how our culture is so not set up to be supporting parents mothers or fathers and how It is almost always the case for most of us that our needs are not getting met, that we have a huge long list of unmet needs, and that we're not having real spaces to to share our feelings, both of which are absolutely crucial. And I love how in Aware Parenting, two of the primary principles are around making sure we find ways to meet our needs and fill our cups so that we don't have resentment and overwhelm. And the other is around finding space to be heard. And I think what's really interesting, particularly for men, in this culture is not only are you experiencing these challenges that are common to mothers and fathers but in addition men have this added challenge of the shame that is loaded onto boys and young men around expressing feelings and so many men come to parenting having never had the opportunity to actually express how they feel and to have that met with safety and and holding. And so most men come to parenthood, even if they've done lots of therapy themselves, with a huge backlog of unexpressed pain and hurt. And I loved how you said at the beginning of this conversation what an amazing opportunity parenthood and fatherhood brings to be able to, to be uh, processing and, and releasing some of this stuff that we've carried with us. But it's it's extremely challenging and it's particularly challenging for men because of the culture that they're trying to do that in. And I love the, the quote from Scott Noel who who says, you know that you've come face to face with the unfinished business of your own childhood when you respond In a, in a, I can't remember exactly his words, but in a big way to your children's behaviour, and so it is an invitation, but it's also incredibly difficult, and I think it's particularly difficult to for for men. What what would you like to say about that?
1: Uh, A number of things. It's a great question, set of points you're making. So, uh, I completely agree with the challenge that men face. I mean pretty much from, you know, age of young boys, especially, the negative range of our emotionality, we've, it it makes our care providers or our parents or whoever we're around, it's, it's uncomfortable, it's triggering for them, right? I mean, just the same way that it can be hard for us to hold space for a child who is really angry, or who's acting out, or feels really jealous about something, or is just exhibiting a behavior that triggers our own unprocessed wounds and emotions as kids, you know, when we had those feelings, the people we were around often, it was uncomfortable for them. And so they inadvertently and unconsciously might have just suppressed that emotionality, like, you know, stop crying, or, you know, like don't hit your don't hit your sibling here, but not providing any other acknowledgement of the feeling that was moving through their body and just kind of getting them to to silence it and stifle it. So by the time that we're even just kind of older kids or teenagers, especially by adulthood, we have gotten to this place where we've so disconnected from a lot of the negative range of our emotionality that we don't even know that we're feeling those things anymore. It's, it's, we've hidden it from ourselves. And part of that is actually kind of a self defense mechanism. It's like those, those emotional states weren't safe places for us to be as kids. Love was withdrawn right? Or it became somewhere where our parents went from being nice and patient to being really frustrated and angry with us for feeling certain ways. And so one of the core things that I actually have men do through kind of deeper types of programming is is actually reconnect with what our felt experience or state is in the moment many times a day. There's a tuning to like, what am I feeling right now? and then validating that feeling. And for many men, like the first few times or the first week they might be doing that, most of the time they don't. they don't know how they're feeling. That's, that's a very common thing is that men just, they can't even connect or name what they're feeling. They just, they don't know because they've hidden it from themselves so well. It's so well-practiced that it's not okay to feel that negative range of emotionality. And frankly, we live most of the time in our culture today from negative emotional states so we're just we're just kind of numbed out and it's and it's hidden from us and so a lot of times men just have to even bring their emotionality back online it might be that a man can name i'm feeling angry but you know outside of that pretty hard for him to say that i'm actually feeling underneath that i'm feeling scared or i'm feeling you know jealous or i'm feeling anxious about something or you know fearful whatever it might be there's a lot of Feelings that we just were so dissociated with. So I think part of the work we have to do as fathers, in particular, is reconnect with our emotions. And it sounds very basic. In some ways, the practices are simple, but they just take a lot of a lot of energy and time and intentionality because it, it it's it's hard and it can be painful to feel those feelings again. And oftentimes, we don't actually know what to do with them once we do start feeling them. So part of it is this kind of feeling and then validating those feelings again, and then. From there, I think one of the other pieces that's so challenging is that in, in parenting, our kids are going to push our buttons all the time, you know, definitely every day, if not, you know, maybe every hour or more frequently, depending <laughs> on what's going on in our households. And so for a lot of men, it's overwhelming to deal with having our buttons pushed so often and we don't have the, we don't have. We're not familiar with how to to handle that emotionality within ourselves that comes up, and we have these reactions to our children's behavior that are so out of re, out of proportion to what's actually happening. A kid, let's say my seven year old daughter is having a natural display of disappointment that we won't get her the same you know smart watch that several of her classmates have in her in her school, and she's really upset about it and feels like I don't have this thing that is that's important for me to feel like I can fit in. Of course, she's going to be disappointed. But then my wife or I, I mean, especially like me, I, I might feel this irrational level of like anger of just back at her just like, well, like, we're not gonna get that for you. And it's not good for you. And we've already told you this seven times this week, <laughs> like stop asking about it. But my my anger might get ramped up to a level that's just, it's, it's completely out of whack relative to where she's at. And what you can expect from a seven year old in terms of their behavior, what, what would be normal. And so a lot of times as dads we we end up getting so ratcheted up that we don't know what to do with that emotional state and we we know it's not going to be healthy to unload it and so many of us are really good at repressing it maybe up until a point where it does we do blow up and you know we we crack but a lot of times that that this, the the sheer number of triggering circumstances and moments that we go through in a day or a week or a weekend is so intense especially compared to pre fatherhood or pre-parenthood that you know it's like we don't get nearly as triggered by adults usually as we do by our kids and our kids learn our buttons and then they really you know push away at them because they know they get a response so I, I think a lot of times this the 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 level of emotional triggering that we go through is so it's so heightened and so much beyond what we have kind of learned to experience that a lot of dads just kind of crack where they or they or they just shut down emotionally they just kind of you know they kind of go go silent and they they further disconnect or dissociate from their emotionality. So I mean, it just depends on the man and what what might be going on internally for him. But yeah, it's a it's a hugely challenging area and it's the whole place for growth, right? Like our kids are like it's a, it's a definite thing that's going to happen. Our kids are going to push our buttons all the time, and so we have countless opportunities too to then do a little work on ourselves. And it's really hard to to dismantle the, like, the mechanics of how we get triggered, right? A lot of times it's the split second thing that we go from being rationally, you know, like in our mental faculties to all of a sudden dropping into our reptilian brain and feeling really angry or frustrated or maybe underneath that scared or something like that. I'll be honest, like there are times that my daughter's emotionality and big feelings that they scare me because they remind me of my dad's big feelings and emotionality when I didn't feel safe. And so that's been a, Humbling realization is is to see that my daughter gets really amped up and worked up and has like really big upsets, and I will track sometimes that I have the same like knot of tension in my belly that I would have as a child in the presence of my father getting really dysregulated. And so, you know, we have so many things I think all coming on or happening in our systems. It becomes really hard to just like like without without tools to help us regulate or like untangle what's happening and then be able to show up or choose differently. Most dads are just like, we're just kind of in the washing machine all the time at home.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love that description. That is how it, it is, isn't it? And for mothers too, of course. But yeah, I really, I really like that description of how you're basically relearning that language of of emotions of feelings and unlearning all of those suppression habits that you had to take on board throughout your childhood in order to, to then actually be reflecting and, and receiving validation and, and understanding yourself better and seeing these parts of yourself that get touched time and time again by your children's behavior. I'd love to ask you a bit about that and about what are some of the things that you found helpful and that you share with other fathers that they can do in these moments when they do feel intensely activated by their children's behavior and and in the messiness and and all the big feelings what are some of the things that you can uh, recommend for fathers and that you found helpful yourself
1: yeah i I mean i think it depends on the man it depends too on how i I love the word activated it's a nice gentle kind of description of it i mean so let's just say I, i am livid and angry right and i'm i'm pretty good at keeping it calm on the surface right dad's dad's tone of voice yeah, he might be a little bit upset, but he sounds pretty neutral or calm. But both of my kids are so acutely aware of how I'm feeling inside; they they just sense it. Dad is angry, and so my daughter will oftentimes say, "Like you hate me, you're like you're angry at me, you hate me." Even though my tone is calm and neutral, but if I'm feeling frustrated and upset, she's she's tuning in, so she's giving me this mirror of my emotional state all the time. And my son, who's about to turn three, is kind of the same way. He's like, "Dad's not happy," and so he'll track. So my sometimes my kids are the ones that are the first person to point out to me like I'm upset and I, I'm not even aware of it or tracking it. but when I listen say if we use anger, which I think is a pretty common emotional you know kind of thread for for many dads on a you know daily if not weekly basis, some useful tools for me and they depend. I mean like one of them is just getting exercise of some form. It might be that I just go out for a short walk. It might be that I go out and I do you know I go for a run, maybe I do some push-ups or something like that. Maybe I can go to the gym, you know, something along those lines. But for me, exercise has a profound effect of just kind of re-regulating my whole system. And if I, especially if I can break a sweat and it kind of just, it changes my whole blood chemistry. And so that charged you know, state that my body's in is now my whole system has kind of come down a notch and I can come back into my home, re-regulated, calm back in my Dan Siegel, I think, talks about like upstairs versus downstairs brain. I can come back home in my upstairs brain. I left in my downstairs my downstairs brain. So, but that's not always accessible, right? Can't just say like, hey, time out to my two kids. Like, I got to go run around the block and I'll be back in 10 minutes and then we'll take care of this because mom's not home, right? And so it might be trying to connect with our breath in the moment and just take a couple of big, deep, full breaths. It might be for me trying to get my two kids if i'm feeling really frustrated and upset and i'm noticing that i'm losing my cool or my ability to handle what's going on it might be like hey let's all go out in the backyard and so it's trying to find maybe this this little trace of creativity and fun to propose something to get the whole group outside so that you know maybe i can take my shoes off get my feet on the ground and calm down or, or we can have some vigorous play sometimes just if i'm not Too gone, feeling angry. I might have like I might roughhouse with my kids a little bit, and there can be that can be a good way to kind of discharge some of the stress and energy from everybody's body. Right, it can be roughhousing a bit. So, or might be just if I've got if my wife's there and I can take one minute, I might go on the back porch and just take a few deep breaths, or I might like I might go walk down the street for two minutes. And sometimes if I'm really upset. My wife and I, like we have a punching bag in the garage and I'll put on punching gloves and I'll go hit it or she'll take a wiffle bat and she'll whack on the bat around the punching bag. And we, we now know to not take it personally when the other person says like, do you want to go in the garage? You know, like that's kind of code word for like, just go take a few minutes. I get what's happening and I'm not judging you, but like, go ahead and take some time. So to me, and none of these tools are perfect, but they help for me, they help create a little bit more space to then choose differently how I'm going to show up with my kids in a situation where I'm losing control of my of how I'm showing up.
0: Mm. Oh Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I love all that. And I love what you're saying too about our kids knowing, like we can try and push through and pretend, but our kids really sense that, especially when they're raised this way with such a deep connection to their own feelings. They have a real profound wisdom about our feelings too. And of course, often it's also the case that our kids can't truly release and process their own stuff unless they can sense that capacity in us too. So I loved what you were saying there. And those are really beautiful practical steps that any father can do to to bring more balance back and to support themselves in those moments where things can get really tricky. And of course, the other thing is that sometimes we can't and sometimes we, we become the parent that we don't want to be and we respond really harshly to our children. And uh, what I love about this approach to, to raising children is that we also know that that's okay and we can forgive ourselves in those moments because we can then come back and do this beautiful rewind and reconnection to repair that that sense of rupture and disconnect that often we experience. So I'd love to ask you a bit about self-compassion then because I think this is another thing that parenting invites us to Unlearn and to relearn um, in a in a much more healthy way about how we speak to ourselves, how we embrace the messiness and our imperfection, how we can support ourselves so that in those moments when we have been really highly activated by our kids and responded to them harshly, we don't then add further disconnection to it by harshly blaming ourselves and criticizing ourselves. And of course, we were mostly raised with a harsh. critical dialogue around us. And so most of us learned this internal dialogue that sounds pretty harsh and and unpleasant to receive. So I'd love to ask you a bit about how you support men to learn a more compassionate way to speak to themselves and to embrace their imperfection and to see it as an opportunity for growth and for healing, rather than something to add further judgment and harshness to.
1: Yeah, such a a good and, and deep topic. So everything I'm sharing too around that we've had in our conversation so far and in general, I mean, I approach it as like I'm a work in progress with all these things. I am I have I have no mastery of these topics. I'm 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 an active work in progress around all of this stuff. And, and this particular area is one where I'm definitely I'm getting worked still around it. And I have a huge tendency to 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 berate myself after I make a mistake as a father, or I fall short in some capacity, you know. So if I, if I, you know, heap a pile of shame on my daughter, and I may not necessarily completely lose it, but I just like I, I say things that I know are going to ultimately make her feel badly. I just kind of like want her to, to like I'm feeling frustrated with your behavior in some capacity. Let me just say some things that are going to get you to like finally stop. But like they're not supportive, and then you know, after the fact, I will often flagellating myself internally i'll be just telling like why did i do that or this is not the dad i want to be and and i know so painfully the ways that all of the ways my parents made mistakes like how they're still showing up in my life like why did i just do that for my kid and i think one of the big ah ahas for me around this whole thing was when my wife and i wanted to start a family and we became parents we set this really lofty bar for ourselves of like, you know, how differently we were going to show up compared to how our parents had showed up around certain themes, right? We both came from very loving households, you know, very functional households in those regards, but every single family has its areas of dysfunction too, and areas of, you know, parents being wounded and passing on those wounds. And I think... We set this unrealistically high set of expectations for ourselves about how we were going to show up differently and it, it took parenting and it took the you know the journey of for me fatherhood bringing about set of circumstances that finally just got got me to a place where i snapped or i would you know make mistakes or i would say things that i wish i could i, I could take away or, or take back and in those moments, the, the aha point has been realizing that the only way I was even going to uncover that that was still inside of me was through making the mistakes. It was through getting pushed to the edge where that button had been pushed so many times that, like now dad has cracked. Right. And now, in that moment, now I can actually see what's real, what's still left inside of me, unhealed, unintegrated, unprocessed, or whatever it might be. And so I think there's this been this reconciliation process that. of the journey for me to actually become the parent i am in my mind set out to being when i first became a father is that i actually have to first make all the mistakes so i can actually see all the ways that i've fallen short and only from that place then can i do the work so that i can actually change who i am under the surface i can actually heal those you know traumas, those unmet needs or the ways that I'm still showing up so that I can actually show up differently for my kids. And so I can actually like move the I can I can carry the baton and move it from the intergenerational trauma that we all are, you know, operating from. And so keeping that understanding in mind and, and kind of front and center that like I am going to fuck up over and over and over again as a father inherently it doesn't mean I'm a bad dad. And knowing that deeply in my uh, like embracing that, embracing the fact that I'm going to make mistakes, and so knowing that 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 actually is the path to getting to be the dad that I want to be, I have to I have to I have to be broken on that path of how I'm showing up, so that I can actually do the work to get to where I want to go. So I think keeping that in mind has been really critical, and then. Then when I am like stuck in a rut of beating up on myself, just trying to recall, like, okay, like what matters now is not that the mistake happened, but like it's it's committing to choosing to show up differently. It's doing the work. Like, like now this the situation exposed the fact that like something was not working. Maybe I wasn't taking good enough care of myself and my own needs. And that's why that's often why I, I get to the the a breaking point as a father. And then choosing, okay, like what am I actually going to do? What new habit do i have to install in my life or what practice am i going to do differently and and instead focusing on what like seeing what has happened frankly as a gift as, as life is happening for me not just like i messed up and this is some isolated thing and like is this it's another you know tally or like a score on the scorecard of, of building of all the ways that i've screwed up as a father right into this overwhelming so peace here so i think for men to just recognize that this is part of the journey of getting to where we want to actually go as fathers is we have to make these mistakes, That that's the only way we can get there. And carrying that with a little bit more love and compassion is so helpful. And frankly, being around other dads and just talking about this stuff and realizing like, wow, like everyone's making mistakes here as a father, everyone, this is universal right now for where we are as a culture. That can be so hugely healing for men too, and allows them to just stop berating themselves and instead be like, okay, like I get it. Now what can I do differently?
0: Yeah, I love that. I really love that so much. And I appreciate you sharing that way. And I think it's really important for for all of us to be really honest and authentic in when we share about the fact that, of course, this is a work in progress and that we are invited to be embracing our dysfunctionality again and again and again and for it's particularly important for us to be doing this for our children as well so that we can say to our children, I'm sorry, so that we can offer them repair so that they can hear and understand us better why we behave in the way that we did and that we're acknowledging the impact that that had on them. And so that they see that imperfection is okay. They see that messing up and messiness is part of life and that's all right. They see that we're all worthy and deserving of love even when we make mistakes and get things wrong so so from their perspective it's very important in in terms of how they know, how they feel about us and our relationship with them but also what they're learning to feel about themselves and i think it's also really important for us to be sharing authentically like this as coaches and and mentors for parents too because i think often parenting advice can actually lead to parents feeling worse about themselves, that they're getting it wrong, that they're not being the parent that they're hearing on the podcasts or that they're reading about in the books or that they're thinking that they should be or that they want to be. And so I think it's really important that we share very authentically that this is a messy process and it often looks yuck. And there are times when us in our families also feel like our families are very dysfunctional and that we failed and that we're messing up. And then again, we see it as a beautiful invitation to be learning more self-compassion, to be reaching out for more support, to be sharing with others who are also going through these challenges. So I think it's absolutely so, so important in so many different levels for us as individuals, for our children too, and for us then. And sharing in our work as well
1: i love what you were saying there and i got chills in my body when you were just talking about that because i think for me another huge piece is feeling like i've got to be perfect as a dad i've got to like i've set this bar for expectation for myself of perfection right and it's impossible <laughs> it's not possible and the whole nature of being human is is making mistakes and so like by making mistakes owning them and then and showing our kids like this is what we do when we make mistakes like that is where the gold is at it's not being a perfect parent it's instead being a human parent and showing our kids what do we do when we mess up like how do we handle our mess ups both in terms of like what do we do to ourselves when we make mistakes like how do we treat ourselves because i don't want my kids to berate themselves that does not constructive i know that it, it it gets in my way a lot of times so how can i be gentle and compassionate with myself and how can i do a good job of owning my mistake and apologizing and not just apologizing but then like really taking the repair to the next level of like re-establishing that that connection that that emotional bond again and kids have a short memory for this stuff in terms of i mean like they move on emotionally so much faster than we do as adults and um it's so important for us to, to i think bring that full life cycle of of a repair um to completion with our children. So yeah, uh, thanks for adding that too.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And so often in our culture we have teach children that they have to say sorry and say sorry. And so they end up saying sorry in this really inauthentic way, and when they're not feeling sorry at all. <laughs> but I love that we when we can then also apply the same to us that when we make mistakes, it's not that we immediately have to say sorry. But when we tend to ourselves and take care of ourselves and bring some reflection in there, we're then able to offer a really authentic apology. And so our children learn what what authentic apology sounds like and feels like. It's just it's a really powerful process. And I think often the the times in my relationship with my children, where I've noticed the most profound deepening in our relationship and connection, has been after times of of rupture and after the the most stressful and difficult and messy moments in our family. So, I, I really love that reassurance that actually it's not ideal and it's not what we want, but in fact, it provides this this deepening in our connection, in our understanding of each other, and in our our relationship. So it's it's really profound and beautiful. I would love to ask you also about a couple of other things. Have you got time for a few more questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Great. I'd like to ask you about maintaining and building and nurturing conscious connections with our partners in parenthood. This is something that comes up a lot. And I'd like to ask you about how some of the things that you found helpful in this, in your own relationship and how we can use some of these strategies to minimize the stresses that we're all facing in our relationships to try to to bring more connection, whether that's when you're still with the partner of your children, or whether that's when you're in relationship with somebody else, or when you're um, co-parenting. What are some of the things that you found helpful for that?
1: Great question, and so many different things that you know we can do. But some some of the the basics that I'll work with men around. I mean, one of them is just improving our ability to listen, right? And that might sound kind of as a silly, it might sound like a silly answer to that. But a lot of us, we, we don't actually show up as really good listeners, especially with the people that are closest to us, because, you know, there might be things that we, that they're going to say they're going to be triggering to us. And so we feel the need to defend ourselves, or we need the that we feel the desire to help fix the situation that maybe is causing our partner pain. And we aren't, We aren't used to just holding space for them to just feel deeply heard and seen without us trying to then propose some solution to it. So a lot of times, I mean, for me, and I think a lot of the men I work with, just learning how to listen more deeply and profoundly is a really huge tool and learning how to listen without saying anything in immediate response, you know, or just asking like, and what else, or is there more? And having these kind of just like letting the person continue to to open up and share is I think tremendously useful and necessary skill and it takes practice. And part of that for men is actually, is, is an, a part of it is how they're physically embodied as they're listening. And so part of it is squaring up to our partner. So if we're having a conversation, especially if it's one that's a little bit more challenging to, to have, looking at our partner, you know, making sustained eye contact and literally opening up our body. So trying, you know, for if, if you're a dad or, you know, male partner in this, and any partner can do this, but I'll, I'll offer this for men, trying to literally keep opening up the body over and over again into an open posture and stance. So opening up the chest, you know, opening up the hands so they're facing upwards, maybe resting them on our thighs or our lap or something like that. And for me, what I try to do is in my head. I'm just kind of like, can I let me just keep taking my armor off over and over and over again, regardless of what, uh, how hard or painful it might be to hear what my wife's about to say, or what that I don't want to hear. It, it's going to be triggering. Can I just keep putting my armor down so I can actually hear her? Because most of the time, there's there's a lot of truth behind what she's saying, even I, even if I don't want to hear it. And the relationship needs, you know, and and our kids need me to be able to show up and hear. The things that she might be saying so part of it is working on our capacity to actually listen and then hold the uncomfortable in those conversations you know especially the, the, those harder or more challenging conversations and then part of it are just basics like you know putting our phone away and not having not being distracted with our partner and then another big edge for me still that i still fail at and then have to to try again is um really seeing the gift my wife is offering me of 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 calling me out where I, where I am not showing up as the man or the husband, as the father that I want to be, where I've somehow fallen short of my word. Let's say I've made a commitment to be done with my work at a certain time or to, you know, I, was, I got to run to the grocery store this day of the week and I just like, I get busy or my work, you know, gets picked up and I just, I don't make it happen or I don't finish some little house project I said I was going to get to. You know, she might, I'm just like, really, you're going to bring this up now? But like, at first I'll get triggered by it. But a lot of times it's just like, well, like I want to be a man of my word. Can I see all the ways that my wife is actually reflecting back to me how I'm not living up to the man that I like, I'm not showing up as the man that I actually want to be, or that she knows that I'm capable of being. So can I reframe her, let's say, poking or her criticism of something that I've done as a mirror to help me get to where I actually want to be as a man. And can I, can I actually see that it maybe took her some courage to be willing to call me out on it? Cause she knows that it might be triggering to me, but she loves me enough to actually tell, tell, tell me those things. Cause I, I'm so glad that my wife still calls me out and stuff. Cause if she stops calling me out on things that I'm not doing well, or that I, or when I've not done what I said I would do, that means that she's lost faith in me, right? That means that something is broken in the relationship, and she's no longer going to keep trying. So, I think part of it for men, and there's so many triggering things that our partners are going to say or that will happen in conversation. That can we keep opening up to where there is honest truth or reflection for us to actually do some more work on ourselves? And can we just can we just listen? So, that, I think it's a small piece of an answer for what could be a very very big topic. Um,
0: yeah, we could talk about that for the whole hour, couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But I really loved what you shared there because I think that is the most important thing and in my notes on my question I'd just written learning to listen. So I'm really glad that that's exactly where you went too because I think I think that learning to listen in that really deep and open and profound way is incredibly important for for us as individuals and in our relationship, both with our partners and our co-parents, but also with our children too. And I think I loved how you were describing some of those strategies, those basic strategies around opening your body, changing your posture, opening your hands. And I loved your description too about taking off your armor, because I think that's a really powerful symbol of, of how we often protect ourselves fiercely when we're having conversations with our partner and that invitation to to open open yourself to the possibility of of receiving what's being shared with you and i loved what you were saying too about seeing it as an invitation to be living in a more aligned way with what we truly value when we are offered these reflections from the people who love us and understand us most so that's really helpful too and i think what it really brought up in me too is this reminder again that we need to be receiving this we need to be in spaces where we are offered this if we are then going to be offering it in our families too and and most men have never experienced that they've never experienced that feeling of being openly heard of being listened to without judgment or or suggestion of fixing it or dismissing it or all of the other ways that we're shut down. So it's just incredibly powerful to be uh, receiving that in order to then be able to offer it. And then that, of course, offering it is so powerful too for our relationships. Just extraordinary. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I would love to ask you uh, about some concrete steps too for supporting fathers to move away from being quite conventional in like a, quite a, an authoritarian sort of approach to parenting, which is what most of us received and what many fathers received too, and moving away from, yeah, the way that we were parented and raised to be doing things differently. And I know we've spoken about this in the beginning, but I'm wondering if you can share some some wisdom around that of moving in from this authoritarian sort of reactive quite harsh way of being to to bringing more connection and relationship and softness to our families
1: yeah it's a really good topic so i i I think a few things come to mind i mean one is it's so important for us as dads if if we want to try showing up differently and, and not from a place of reactivity, we have to somehow find some ways to resource ourselves. Because if we're feeling strung out and stressed and we haven't met our own needs, it's really hard for us to summon as dads a, a different form of parenting. And, and, and frankly, for it to even be authentic for our kids to feel like it's different, right? I mean, if I'm strung out and I haven't had or made time for myself and I've, I've kind of dug myself into a hole, it's going to be really hard for me to show up differently for my kids in a way that they're actually going to respond differently too because if if I if i say the right words but i'm not i'm not emotionally or energetically in the place that's congruent with it it doesn't really land for them they're they're gonna kind of sense that it's not there so i think part of that and part of the work i do with men is around like how how can we take better care of ourselves? How can we, and part of it is, is is owning how we're feeling and and identifying what do we need in the moment and doing that over and over again, even if it's something small and then acting on it. I, I think that's a, a big piece. Another big piece too for fathers is having some other place where they, a, a lot of dads and myself included here, you know we, we feel like we've had to sacrifice some greater sense of purpose we might've had in our lives in order to to provide for our families and then to show up for our families. And there's no more time left to pursue some greater maybe calling we might have in our hearts that's completely independent of our, our family life. And so I think that's another piece too, is is if a man can actually cultivate or do something to to kind of nourish that desire inside of himself to, let's say, be of service to the world in some larger way, taking actions even if small ones can be really helpful. So I know these are kind of completely indirect, but those are some of the things that I'll work with dads on that then allow them to no longer feel resentful towards their families. And then that can open the door to being able to show up differently in some you know, let's say charged situations or just showing up as parents. Then another piece is just like being like I, I invite dads to to get down on our kids level and and play and be goofy and to just kind of like, drop the seriousness of our adulthood and, like, this external face and just, like, and just really show, like, this playful, fun, goofy, spontaneous side of ourselves with our kids and in and, and different age-appropriate ways. If you've got, like, a really young kid or a toddler or something like that, like, playing and laughing with them, like, our children are always inviting us, especially in their early years, to, to embrace, like, the laughter and joy of childhood. So, really, like, letting that, like, Receiving that gift from our kids of going and going to that that place of childlike joy and 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 joining them, and even if it's just for five or ten minutes, giving them one hundred percent of our attention and time, and really zoning in and just connecting with our kids, and like and just putting the phone down and just leaving the the worldly responsibilities for a little while and meeting them wherever they are, and and like absorbing some of their gift to us. I think that's really profoundly powerful for helping us just kind of soften as parents Um, is that that willingness to go play with our kids on on their wavelength and and making quality time with them to connect because I think a, a little bit of really undivided attention and genuine desire to connect with our kids can go such a long way to then also like just having happier interactions with our kids. And then it becomes easier to show up from a softer place because our kids aren't acting out because they feel disconnected from us. Um, so I think a lot of ways to get there are kind of indirect, but those are some of the things that I'll I'll do with men to, to try, I think, kind of cracking open that maybe external authoritarian shell of parenting you know, and part of it too is just talking to other dads and just hearing about, you know, the ways that other men are parenting and just, just like, just even like having a reflection of what's going on or, or seeing alternatives.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you brought up play as I was going to ask you about that too. But I, I think again and again, it comes back to resourcing ourselves, doesn't it? And to, to be taking care of ourselves and to be meeting our needs and to be connecting with others and to be reflecting and to be having opportunities to share and to be heard and to be held in that. And the power of play is just so immense. It's a really core component of aware parenting to be supporting our children and to be using that to be building greater connection with them, but also to be supporting them to release and to heal through different types of play and through the power of laughter. And I love what you're saying about how we're invited Again and again, by our children to go into play. And when we can accept those invitations and join them for quite short periods of time, it doesn't have to be for hours on end in this real wholehearted and fully attentive way, it shifts everything for, for us and for them and changes their behavior and deepens our connection. And it just ticks lots and lots of boxes. And I love the sense as well of the the laughter and the the fun, reconnecting us with that part in ourselves and countering some of the seriousness and responsibility and heaviness of of parenthood too. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I think often play is something that comes, again, this is a generalization, but play is often something that comes easier to many fathers than the listening to feelings and the holding space for feelings part that can be harder. Not always, obviously, but often. and. I mean, my partner, for example, was amazing at playing with our children and did so much time with them over the years of roughhousing and being silly and just that quality, undivided attention time that is that is so beautiful. So I think, you know, often in parenthood, it's about playing to our strengths as well, and and that is often a strength of fathers. So yeah, I love that you yes. shared that. So I'm aware of the time, Jay, I would just love to ask you if there's anything else that we haven't really spoken about before you go on to share where people can connect with you, um, that you would still love to say that you think would be helpful for, for fathers and mothers to, to hear.
1: Sure. I mean, just one last thing I'll share is that I think a lot of, I just touched on this in the last share I had, but a lot of men believe I think in this this kind of false narrative that maybe their, their father has lived out, right? And that is that I have to, in order to be a good dad, I've got to gotta work hard, earn money, and then I've got to show up as an attentive father. I may not have the ability to honor some other calling in my heart. And I think for a lot of men to have a complete sense of fulfillment in life, there often has to be, we have to advance some sense of purpose that we feel called to in our lives and it might be what we're actually doing for our work it might be some other mission or thing that we want to change or or, or create you know it might be a business it might be writing a book it might be music it might be art it might be you know it, it could be doing stand-up comedy or something it could be something that's completely unrelated to what our work is but a lot of times as men, and, and I felt this way with like this calling to do men's work around the fatherhood journey, it was a sense of like, I don't have time for this. You know, Like I, I have to like, where am I going to squeeze this in? And a lot of times, it, you know, we, we keep doing that, doing that, do that. But we've we been building this resentment towards our families that we're not that, like, we start to resent that because of our family, because of our partner, we're not able to go do this other thing that we feel called to do and for myself i was making this false trade off in my head that it was either like i either i spent time with my family or i did this thing it was kind of this like i made it into this binary either or and i made it about time or lack of resources or lack of experience but the biggest thing was time and ultimately what i started to see was that i didn't lack time i just lacked courage i lacked courage to have the difficult conversation with my wife to carve out time to then go do something that i cared deeply about that i felt so called to do in my heart or I lacked the courage to put myself out there and start you know doing men's work you know offering my own men's group at, at the beginning and things like that and so I think a lot of men they they suppress this desire to to kind of bring to life this other calling that lives inside of them that's that's independent of how they show up as a father and maybe independent of how they earn money and my encouragement is is to men is to is to to not silence that calling in your heart and instead try and find a way even if it's very small to take some little courageous action over and over and over again because if we don't do that, it poisons how we show up in our relationship with our families and our kids sense this deadened sense in us that we didn't honor our dreams and I think usually it's it's a lack of courage it's not a lack of time it's always there. and so I always just encourage men to connect with that 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 calling and for some men it's right there at the surface and they know what it is that they've been repressing but other times it's like for a man it's like he'll just notice like i'm in my 50s now and i'm waking up in the middle of the night with the sense of like what's where's my life going what am i doing here it's not that they don't love their families dearly but they just something is missing from the journey and they've made their family an excuse about why they can't make it happen and Yes, there may be times in the parenting journey where things are so intense that you have to put it down or you have to make less time for it, but to completely bury it for decades on end is just not a healthy option. And so I always try to just encourage men to find what that is and to honor it and to somehow bring it to life in the world. And um, that's something I think that's that's so powerful. I, and I, I that's, a, that's a bit of the work that I do with men is around identifying what that or either clarifying or identifying what that purpose is, and then taking those scary, you know, but necessary actions to to bring it to life.
0: Wow, that was really I was really touched by that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's really a beautiful invitation and an encouragement for for living a more whole and satisfying and inspiring life. And the more that we're living from that place, the more that we can have beautiful relationships with our children with our partners and with ourselves so i think that's absolutely beautiful thank you for sharing that so jay i'd love to ask you how do people find out about you where do you share your work how can people get in touch if they want to learn more to and to work with you
1: sure thanks Jess so i've got a website it's awakened-masculine.com and that's, you know, people can find more about me and the different things I offer. In terms of online offerings, I've got a um, a 10-week program for fathers specifically that focuses around our relationship with ourselves, our relationship to purpose, and then our relationship to our families and to fatherhood, so to our partners and to our kids. And um, th- there's more information about that program. It's called The New King. It's, a, it's an invitation, essentially, step into the... The, the king archetype, if you will, within us. And that's that said, I think innate sense that men carry about what healthy masculine leadership looks like, that often might feel scary or might feel burdensome at times. But for me, that was that kind of step out of my boyhood and into being an adult man, you know, that, that kind of fatherhood forced me to, to go through as a rite of passage. And so yeah, so that's a place uh, I'll, I'll share my Instagram, the, my Instagram page with you as well. I'm often putting you know content out there as well, and kind of you know small bite-sized pieces, if you will. But yeah, the website and those places, and and what I'll also offer to if anyone is listening to this podcast and this feels you know really interested in having a conversation about the challenges they're facing and and where they want to be going, I'd be happy to offer a free just little coaching session around it. And I can give you a link to if if someone wants to just self-schedule on that link, I'll, I'll send that to you as well. So
0: beautiful. Thank you. I'll put all of those links in the, in the show notes. And that's a really generous offer for people to be able to connect with you, to explore. Presumably, do you work one on one-to-one as well with men, with fathers?
1: Yeah. So I have, I do, in-person and and online group programs, and I offer uh, one-on-one coaching as well.
0: Perfect. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. And the last thing that I always ask my guests at the end of every episode is if you could go back to the beginning of parenthood, knowing what you now know, what would you love to be able to tell yourself back at the beginning of the, the journey?
1: I guess I'd just say like fuck up faster and embrace it and then move on and keep growing from that point. Cause I think in a lot of ways I was trying to avoid making mistakes instead of seeing that the real gold is in making the mistake and then seeing what happens. And I think as you so eloquently say too, like that's often when we make a mistake, when we have a rupture with kids, that's that's where this beautiful doorway opens up for, for deepening the relationship with our children. And so I think, yeah, just embracing all of the mistakes that we make along the parenting journey and seeing that that's where the, the beauty, the magic can happen. That's where the alchemy can happen is from those points of being humbled, of being, making those mistakes. So that's what, that's what I would tell myself. <laughs> Don't be too hard on yourself and embrace the, the inherent nature of making mistakes that comes along with parenting.
0: Well, I love that. Beautiful, perfect message. Imagine, imagine knowing that at the beginning of the journey, how much easier it would have been to really deeply feel that. Wow. So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Jay, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. I'm really grateful to you for making so much time to share all of your experiences and your reflections and your wisdom about this. I think it's really, really important. I feel like we're on the cusp of parenting and and our culture really significantly shifting as a result of of the ways that we're raising our children. And I feel that the the next step in that cusp is to find more ways to be supporting men on this journey and to be bringing them as part of this conversation and for for supporting them to be able to find joy and connection in, in parenthood too. So I'm really, really grateful for your time. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I've loved our conversation today, Joss.
0: Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures.